0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Magical Holistic Healing Arts. I'm Lynn Hicks.
1: I'm Erica Hicks.
0: And here we interview practitioners from many modalities, learning ways to take care of our sacred body vessel.
1: As always, we are proud distributors of Kangen water, the life changing elixir to our lives. Millions of Americans are drinking water containing carcinogens and the contamination may be responsible for more than 100,000 cases of cancer. We also heard recently this fact that if you, you have a 92% chance of getting cancer if you are drinking tap water. So there's some awareness for you listeners. Check the links below to get clean drinking water and upgrade your health with Kangen water.
0: On today's episode, we have Jesse Lucas. She is a biohacker and a movement educator, and we're just going to let her take it away and ask, Jessie, what is your magical art?
2: Thank you, ladies. It's awesome to be here with you guys. Um, I, I love your work and what you stand for, and um, it's been fun getting to know you, and I'm happy to talk to your people. So my magical art is helping people feel better in their bodies and helping people's bodies really function better at a really, really basic level and to, I guess, here, I'll put it this way, connect people with their kinesthetic intelligence. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to you a little bit more about that because that I think is a really magical term if you're kind of nerdy <laughs> like I am. <laughs> so my, my background is in teaching yoga and personal training. So I've been doing those things for going on 20 years, which kind of blows my mind, um I started doing that when I was a young mom, and my oldest, who's now going on twenty, was you know a little little heap sitting on my hip there, and you know I started to kind of lose my connection with my movement practices with my sense of of self really and that uh that came to me as like a really ugly surprise like. Like, I shouldn't have to lose myself in, in taking care of another human being. And I'm a why person. Like, I like to explore, well, why are things happening? What's going on here? And long story short, that that inquiry right there started to me what became my my whole magical art. And I started teaching yoga because it was a good mom job. I could just teach a couple of classes a week. I could, you know not leave my baby for very long, which was what I wanted to do. That was my preference at the time. Um, But still do something to connect me back with my sense of self and and being present in, in my body. And fast forward a few years and another kid later, I needed to grow my career. I became a single mom and another kind of like ugly realization of when parts of yourself have been taken away from you over you know time and circumstances and and probably some bad decisions along the way too and finding myself needing to take care of my kids and and honestly take care of myself in in new ways as well and i was offered the opportunity to become a personal trainer now i was not a fitness junkie i didn't have a, you know, traditional workout routine myself. I was a dancer and a yogi, you know, I meditated, you know, I, I had other good, healthy practices and I'm like, I just was, wasn't a fitness person. And frankly, like the people who I trained or taught yoga to in the gym, I'm like, you guys are wrecking your bodies. Y'all have tight hamstrings, aches and pains, scar tissue. I don't know what you all are doing out there, but it's, it seems pretty terrible to me <laughs> But I kind of was backed into a corner. I needed some more income. I I was being offered this opportunity to take on personal training clients at at that gym. And I was like, well, I kind of, you know, I know bodies and I like guiding people's bodies. I know these people. I can still make my own schedule. Fine, I'll do it. And I had this aha moment that happened when I was literally like hiding in the back top corner room of the gym I would go sneak in there close the door bring my equipment in there because I didn't want anybody to see me because I felt ridiculous and I would practice these strength training moves and I had this moment I looked in the mirror and it was like I was looking like almost into myself and I was like I feel strong like inside like I feel strong and it, you know, and it wasn't about these little baby biceps I was building. Like it, I wasn't into, you know, like, oh, cool. And a weight lift for physique or anything like that. Um, but I realized that this kinesthetic moment, this, this body. So, you know, kin- your kinesthetic sense, your sense of your body movement, um, Meshed things, gelled things that my other practices weren't doing—my yoga practice, my meditation, my you know my other positive things I was doing—and I realized how much of myself, like I really had lost, and how much of myself had really been been damaged through some pretty cruddy circumstances. And again, I was like, "Why? What happened there? What was that that magical moment that happened?" I said. I want to explore that. But first I got to go build a whole nother career and feed my kids and keep my house and all those things. So I did. And what was really cool was I was able to take on these training clients and teach them body awareness and presence and breathing and alignment and things that they weren't necessarily learning in like traditional personal training And a lot of them were athletes, and they were starting to perform better and get injured less and recover faster. And I was like, this is really cool. All of their chiropractors and PTs were like, what are you doing? Because, you know, the issues that you had, you don't have them anymore. So I was like, all right, I found something here. And that was really cool. So then I I went back to that that magical moment in myself and said what happened there because there's a deeper story and I'm, I'm a deeper story kind of person too like I want to know what's going on under the surface so crazy me as a single mom li- I was living at the top of a mountain in Vermont at the time I was bringing in my own firewood I had chickens like the whole homeschooling my kids I'm like, why don't I go back to grad school. And figure this thing out. <laughs> so I did. And I was really exploring that relationship. So, you know, we're coming off of the whole mind body kind of generation, right? We've all kind of learned there is a connection. And we've really been studying the mindfulness piece, which is awesome. It's given us so much insight and so much um, power over our own health and well being. But I wanted to know what was going on if you flipped that around. And I'm gonna to get to this whole flipping things and flipping switches in a second, because that's really where I think some of the most magical things are. But what happens when you use kind of just physical data to change some of the deeper parts of it, you know, your your neural pathways, your negative thought patterns, your emotional. Um, your emotional state of being, where, you know, where trauma is stored in your body, those kinds of things. And so from there, I, I developed a, a theory and a method, which I then took into a private practice. And I walked other people who were stuck in, mostly like stuck in survival mode, fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn, like stuck in, in, in ways that they just, their body couldn't, couldn't thrive like they really couldn't access well-being and you know maybe they were doing other things like therapy and nutrition and all the all of these other wonderful tools but it just wasn't budging and i found that the way to budget was to move it through your body literally move it through your body and find out ways to understand your own kinesthetic intelligence understand what that sensory data what your it's really the science of listening to your body and I like to call that practical magic because this stuff is accessible. It's not woo-woo. I mean, I'm a woo-woo kind of person, but it's not woo-woo. It's the science of listening to your body, which is really a practical magic. But then there's more. So <laughs> then I figured out, you know, okay, here's a tool that was kind of missing in, in the, the healing arts, and, but I hit a wall. And I realized... You know we're only as healthy as our cells function and this is where i got to really really nerd out so that was the whole movement education piece and then the next layer i'm like well why you know if we can really get down to the nitty-gritty and move some things but like why then are people for example stuck in adrenal fatigue why is there so much autoimmune out there in younger and younger people you know i my clients i started seeing health issues in 20 something year olds that i only used to see in 40 plus year olds and now now that i'm in the 40 plus category that does not count as old <laughs> anymore um but you know this i started getting really curious about this aging thing and and cellular degeneration and why why are we all like experiencing such crappy things when we're, you know, quote unquote, doing all the right things. I know you guys have such amazing wellness tools up your sleeve, like, and still we're, you know, we're seeing all these issues. So that's when biohacking came into my world. And I think this is the most magical art of all, because we're learning that we can influence how our genes are expressed. In very, very simple ways, you know, I mean, through, through a lot of different avenues, and the one I'm particularly interested in is, is through food, through nutrition, and through the synergy of different nutritional components, being able to actually, it seems like magic, but again, here's the practical magic, to actually influence, can you turn on your own antioxidant enzymes? Can you turn on brain functioning that had been shut down before? Can you turn on how much energy your cells produce? If you remember from high school physics, your mitochondria makes ATP, you know, you can actually influence those things. And so adding that layer, helping people connect to that kind of practical magic is um, what I'm kind of most excited about right now. And what I'm taking with me moving, moving forward into this next kind of, generation of of wellness and the tools we have accessible to me. So that's kind of um, a little bit about like my story and where, where my magical arts kind of come into play. I love that.
0: Um, I think it's really fascinating. Um, First off, I feel like it's an embodiment movement that we're in and I say this on a lot of shows where you were saying the mindfulness and it not all connecting it's really important that we have a great connection kinesthetically with our body and it's a survival mechanism. It knows what to do. It knows how to function. Um, and I'm fascinated too, you know, there are great ways to add different supplements and things to your life that can certainly shift you tremendously. Like we know just from our water, Mm -hmm. I mean we're 73% water and often we're focused on the other parts. But um, yeah, it's a whole unit, so it needs really good water. It needs the right mind. It needs the right emotional content. Even in the ahara yoga that um, I learned from the Himalayan masters, was reminded me of as you were saying, like you can shift your thinking. You can use your energy and physical movement to kind of create an expelling of a lot of different pieces. So it's fun because the body is actually becoming integral. And it seems like that's what your main situation, you know, that you're putting forward is to make it the wholeness that it is instead of us piecing it
2: out. I have a a sticky note on my bulletin board over there that says embodiment is the new mindfulness. Mm. And I think you just hit the nail on the head and, you know, mindfulness That whole education and revolution has taught us so much. It kind of woke us up. Um, It it brought us out of a, you know, kind of just kind of thinking about the day-to-day and what are we supposed to do and realizing, you know, we have this whole other um, experience of life available to us. We're doing so in a human body right now. And we have the responsibility. I love the word responsibility. We have a responsibility not only to take care of it, but to utilize it to really, um, you know, take the resources we have in our body and, and experience that, you know, I saw that in my athletes when their performances would change, you know, I had clients over 70 doing full on Ironman competitions, you know, because they got everything functioning. And the joy that I saw in those kinds of accomplishments, you know, I I do. I think we are in the next wellness kind of conversation we're having is embodiment and what we've learned from this whole era and science of specialization. We now know how crucial water is and not just water, but water quality. We now know how crucial you know different cellular functions are those kinds of things but what we haven't really done successfully is put it all back together in a whole experience and i think that that's what embodiment is is that and that's why conversations like this are so important because we all kind of have these different nuances what we can contribute to this conversation and when we do people start to kind of put connect the dots themselves and realize like okay like for me I, you know before i'm like all right i have my meditation practice I have good friends who are, you know, adding an element of support. I, you know, I'm, I'm drinking good quality, you know, living in Vermont. Thankfully, I had access to good quality water. Um, I live in, at the, in a deep well of, you know, mountain spring water situation. You know, like I had a lot of, you know, I bought from farmer's markets, you know, those kinds of things, relatively clean air up there. But certain other pieces were missing, you know, the emotional component, like you said, that, like it when damage is done on that level those patterns repeat and they repeat and they repeat and they repeat that's what our body is meant to do a cell dies it regenerates and it does so on the same pattern it was informed to do and if that information was coming from stress and strain and pain and fear and stuck in survival mode well that's the imprint that that's going to repeat until or unless we have new information and that information can only sink in so deeply if those basic fundamental pieces aren't operating correctly, if they are dehydrated or talk, you know, dealing in a toxic overload situation, you know, those kinds of things. And I think embodiment is putting all of those pieces together very, very simply. So you don't have to be a nerdy science person like I am to understand it. And that's where, you know, the, the different products and resources you know that that make it available for kind of an average person who just goes like you know what going into 2021 my wellness situation has got to play a different game but they're not going to go do all the research they're not going to go get all the expensive things they're not going to go you know have this specialist or that that you know that coach that teacher you know it's it's a lot it's a lot so i think really simplifying things giving people things that are accessible to them that can help flip that switch, you know, turn on the functions of their body, give them access to their, their, their brain, their executive functions that they never have before, you know, have them really just very simply be able to be present in their bodies so they can, they can experience that accordingly. I think, is, I think it's a huge gift that's, that's coming our way, moving, moving into this next year and beyond
1: yeah i love the term uh biohacking i've heard it many times you know the guy with bulletproof coffee i hear it on gaia tv on all their nutritional episodes um so but i want to ask you like what are some tips some quick things that our listeners could do to start to biohack or start to understand that realm of molecular cellular um, nutrition and understanding That's,
2: I I love that. I love that you're turned on to that conversation. I think so many people are, and I love that that word is becoming normalized. You know, people used to have this this, um, stigma around the word hack, like somebody's hacking my computer. It's a bad thing. So the first tip I would say is to open your mind and realize the way I like to describe biohacking is bio, your biology, right? Everything that you're made of hacking, really, you can translate that as into taking control, right? If someone's hacking your computer, they're taking control of your computer. If you're hacking your biology, you have the tools to take control of your cellular functioning. Um, so that's kind of the context that we're talking in here. And it really, there's so many different ways that you can do that. Um, one tip is to look at the times of day that you eat. Now, I know there's lots of different theories out there. I'm not necessarily a proponent of one or the other. I'm a big believer, you know, all of our biologies, we all kind of were calculated a little bit differently. So something that works for somebody might not work for somebody else. Um, But looking at the times of day that you eat, if, if one of your complaints is you're tired, you're sluggish, you don't totally feel energetic all the time, maybe you're not sleeping great. Look at the times of day that you eat and just play with that. You know, I think a good biohacker is an experimenter. They want to feel things for themselves. They're not going to just take a prescription of like go do this diet, go do this lifestyle thing, go do this and, you know, it's fine. I think a good biohacker will take information, try it out on themselves and see how they feel. Give it time to 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 have results. So, play with the times of day that you're eat are you eating too close to when you're going to bed? are you eating too soon when you wake up in the morning? Are you getting up and shoving food in your face before you've had a chance to move your body? Um, those kinds of things. Again, those are just examples, not prescriptions. So one, play with the times of day that you eat. Now, I'm not a nutritionist, so don't, don't take any you know, specific nutritional advice from me. Um, two, Obviously, I'm a movement educator. I'm gonna tell you to move your body. Now, one of the things that I do in my in my private practice, and I'm gonna be teaching in a professional course coming up, is it doesn't have that movement doesn't have to be prescriptive either. Movement can be just like exploring, like taking up space. I like to call it expand your range of emotion. So the more you open up your body, like literally loosen up your joints, give yourself mobility. You give yourself room for emotions to flow. So there's a tip. And I I won't get too deep into this. This is like this could be, you know, a several days workshop here on, on where emotion and your motion connect. But the hack here is think of it so simply. You know, if you're tight, if you're sitting still all day, if you know, if you have these kind of limited ranges of motion. Let's take it to practical magic. Very simply, you're restricting fluid flow. You're restricting how deep you can breathe. You're restricting your digestion, right? Like all of those things. So if you move, I mean, great. If you have a workout, practice a you know a yoga practice, whatever, great. But literally, just explore the space of your body. You start to open things up. You start to release those tensions. You start to allow fluid flow, lymph drainage, better breathing, better digestion. You've hacked how your body's functioning, okay? It's times of day that you eat, how you're moving. And then thirdly, go look into nutrigenomics. Do me a favor, just do that. Um, I can give you guys a website to link at the bottom of of this episode. Nutrigenomics is the science of how nutrition affects your genetic expression. Now, scientists have been exploring this for, you know a couple of decades now so it's not a brand new science but it's a science that we're kind of newly really starting to understand how not only how great the impact is but how simple that kind of influencing can be so i'm not talking like crazy diet changes now you know of course i i will say a you know a good wholesome diet not a lot of junk that kind of thing obviously a good idea but I'm talking, you don't have to go to extremes. You know, you don't have to be the cleanest eater in your state, but look into what your options are. And I have some good suggestions. You'll see that in the website here. But as far as how can you very, very simply use a few key concepts in combining nutritional components to affect some of the basic Gene functions. I'm talking like your longevity genes, your antioxidant—you know, keeping you nice and youthful and able to fight inflammation. Those genes, how much energy you have. Those genes. So, look in last step. Look into the science of nutrigenomics.
0: Well, that's they're great—you know—simple ways that our listeners can really expand. And it's funny because even people forget that pattern moving, and so many times. We even had John, you know, many of our speakers talking about that. I mean, I know I was skipping at the lake the other day, (laughs) but you know, I was doing that, and then I'll do like the arm, you know, thing. But it's because it shifts your biochemistry. These aren't things I'm doing, and even reaching and twisting and moving in different ways is going to create different patterns, and of course. Um, move emotions. And as you said, all those things. And I do believe that there's a lot of bio information that's really finally coming to fruition Mm
1: -hmm. on the
0: genetic level Mm -hmm. that, like you said, that specialization is paying off in our wholeness now um, in a different way, because we can find that there are certain additives that are going to make differences in how our body works and so much of our food is cultural
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely, our
0: patterns are cultural um you know
1: yeah i mean i was envisioning like the next nutritional coach is going to be biohacking coaching and like someone's going to come up with that type of course and you get certified and that's going to be the new and improved nutritionist is the biohacker and um Absolutely. i i you know, I think the most I probably do is eating healthy movement. I say movement too in my seven bottles that I like to preach about. And I think water and like the the molecular part of biohacking I think is really important to, you know, kind of touch on again is that we're focusing on like the micro micro of ourselves. And then when we do that, the macro of ourselves, just like if we look at the planet will really all fall into place. So, um, yeah, I think that's super important. And I would look, I'm going to look that up because I've never heard that word before.
2: Be <laughs> The one to introduce you to it. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. This it's the micro. And, you know, Lynn, like you just said about shifting your biochemistry, this is, that's the veil. I think that we're lifting here and, you know, not everybody wants or needs to understand what molecules what what is the chemistry what are the, the hormones you just need to know you do have influence you do have influence and when your mood changes when you're happy when you're cranky when you're you know kind of stuck in like a limited like ugh this is life versus joyful skipping at the lake you know like that's what you need to understand is that that level those that that all is your biochemistry experience that is the molecules that are informing, this is your mood right now. This is the level, do you have energy to skip at the lake right now? Do you have a desire to skip at the lake right now? All of that comes from the micro. So we don't have to understand, you know, what the molecular structure is, just that we have access to hack it, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I think really people don't realize there's a chemistry happening. I mean, obviously we do because we studied when we were young, but really the power of that, that our thoughts create chemistry, negative thoughts create negative chemistry, positive thoughts create, you know, and it goes on to movement and like there's so many angles that this expands out as we are that one big person, you know, one person of all these areas and really knowing we are in control. You know, and if it doesn't work on your emotional or your mental level, there's ways to make it work on your cellular level, on your fluidity. Like there's all these different approaches that can expand our understanding of this big experience of sensuality, if you ask me. Because we're very sensual and that's what embodiment to me is, is feeling the joy, is seeing the beauty, is catching the texture of the wind or the leaves. Like that, all of that is part of this biochemical experience that we're having. And we're just, we didn't, we're learning to look at it in its fullness that I think a lot of yoginis, um, I know the Russian masters I learned from were very well aware of this and didn't have any of this science, but um, now we're getting to a level where we can actually support people in all ways with it. You know, it's not just a... Tradition, you know, yeah. it is uh, you know practices beyond just you know. I think a lot of their stuff comes true as we move forward.
2: I think that's exactly what we're doing. Is we're starting to understand now what these teachers from from way back when were to We're starting to understand that, and and I think I, you know, I'll kind of wrap my part with this: is so many of us now are just we've dealt with so much stress. You know, I mean, this year alone, but even previous, you know, I think back to that aha moment in the mirror that I had with with lifting the weights. So silly. But I realize now all of these years later, so it was probably about 15 years ago, I didn't have access to that level of joy. I didn't have access to that level of vitality and I'm stubborn. I am a stubborn, positive person. I will push, I'm tenacious, I'm perseverant, I will push through, I am strong and I kept going but the emotional residue of what I had been through was so steeped in my cells that, and I didn't even, I didn't know the science of it but what I knew is every day was really, really hard. And every day I would use my strength and I would use my tenacity and I would use my stubborn persistence to say, I'm going to make it through another day. And I did. And I took care of my kids, but I was exhausted. I mean, not necessarily physically exhausted, but like soul, heart and soul exhausted. And I'm like, this is really not a way to live. Like I'm going to do it because this is my option right now. But I couldn't for the life of me, with all of the tools that I had, being a wellness professional, having had a, a yoga practice since I was like 18, 19 years old, you know, and I mean, I had a good upbringing. So, I mean, this was, you know, like I had everything it it took to like get over this, but I wasn't getting over it. And so it took some other influences to flip my switches. And so I, you know, I leave it with that, that these kinds of tools of changing your biochemistry through biohacking, sometimes that's the thing to flip the switch back on so that anything else that you're doing, your spiritual practices, your mindfulness practices, you know, your, even your, your body practices can actually give you the gifts of the biochemistry of joy and vitality and those things, you know, cause I mean, we are also steeped in stress. We are also steeped in, you know, like worry and concern. And, you know, a lot of our, our luxuries and privileges have, have been compromised recently, the things that we did lean on for joy. So I hope, I hope that your listeners get a few, um, clues on how to flip those switches back on because I do believe even even given what we are up against right now in the world living into our joy living into our freedom is is not only our 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 right but our responsibility and I hope that we all take it
1: awesome (laughs) jesse um are there any that was a great ending to this episode are there any last nuggets that you want to leave? with our listeners, even though you've dropped so many good ones?
2: Um, stay curious. Hmm. Stay curious. Stay open. Um, be a scientist of yourself, even if you're not a sciencey person. I was just talking to um, someone who's going through one of my courses this morning. She's like, you know, I'm not a body person. I'm like, have a body. to <laughs> live in one. So even if you don't think you're a body person, you know, there's so much available to you. Be curious, be open, um, and enjoy, enjoy living in that body of yours.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you ladies. Learning more about biohacking and the importance of movement was really awesome today talking to Jessie. I know I've heard of biohacking many times, but I haven't honestly done my own research or looked into it. So it's really awesome that she gave us that new word, which I can't repeat right now because <laughs> I don't know remember what it is, but to go look it up and to be the own scientist of our bodies. I think that was a really cool perspective.
0: Yeah, and I I really like, um, you know, going in at the mitochondria level, you know, or going in at that cellular level because we all know supplements and, you know, I'm a big fan of standard process and they're dealing with organs, but you're even going in deeper, um, I believe, with biohacking. I don't know a lot as well, so I'm thankful she brought that new word. And, you know, as we found with many guests, that whole movement thing and really expanding our energetic space and inhabiting our body. And she had a beautiful way to share her gifts of just her wording, her story, and what piece of the puzzle of integration she's really supporting us all to become more aware of. So it was a very mind expanding thing that we will now do some more research
1: (laughs) yes totally I know I loved her story and um, how she kind of like fell into all these different modalities and now she's helping others do the same you know it is simple everyone you just Mm -hmm. gotta start somewhere wherever you feel called whatever you know, whatever issue you might have, just start. And usually there's simple ways you can add, as those three ways she gave us during that episode was really awesome.
0: They were great, simple tools for us all to engage in, just like with us and drinking Mm -hmm. water. Like, yeah, drink the right water and you can change, move your body, You you know, all these things are very good, simple, practical ways for us to enhance our body divas.
1: Yes, so if you love this episode or love what Jessie was saying, check down below, go do your research. Uh, I believe there's a link down there. You can see what that means and what she's talking about. And if you think someone close to you, a friend or family would benefit from this episode, send it their way, let them listen, let them expand their minds. And of course, we love it if you like, subscribe, Leave a comment, whatever you feel called to do, we would appreciate it. And thanks for listening with us. We'll catch you next episode and stay vibrant, healthy, and just keep living living it up. So